This coming up on is at 100. Andrea I, Canning is off the rails. I, Welcome, Andrea. I, I missed love, you. I know. I love Andrea Everyone's Canning. Everyone's yelling. The coffee is bananas. We're off the rails. <laughs> Hi, Julia Bezzavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. Hey, fam. If you're having a good time with us, and why wouldn't you be, <laughs> join us on the Patreon. I, I've, it's been a minute since we've really talked about it a lot. Sure. But there's so much content there. There's like 400 full ad-free bonus episodes for you to download and binge the second the you sign up. Very minute. It's where we cover the episode-by-episode episode series. So give them some exams. Yeah, so Killer Nanny yes. and The Vow and Tiger King. Never Let Him Go. Never Let Him Go. McMillions. Pepsi Where's My Jet. Yep. Serial Season 1, The Staircase. Yep. The Jinx. Oh my goodness, the Jinx. The Jinx, remember the of Jinx? Of it all. Oh, the Gacy thing from Peacock. Yep, Bad Vegan. Yes, Tinder Swind. No, that was a two-parter on the regular feed. But was... you, can, you can listen to it ad-free on the Patreon if you like. <laughs> that's true. Right, there, that's so you there. get all of that plus ad-free versions of these episodes plus after parties. Yeah, and sometimes we send you We send things, things in, in the mail, mail sometimes. That's how you get the calendar the that's ca- coming out. Oh, that's right. The, the calendar. annual calendar. It's that time again. It's that time of year where we send a calendar. Yeah. I sing now. Now, I just, I sing on episodes. You sing. You're a singer. I'm a singer. It's in my soul. There you go. Uh, What are we talking about today? So this is Mystery in Mustang. Yeah. It's a Dateline episode, and we are here with the lovely Andre Canning. Oh, my God! A fire chief murdered his wife, the only witness. This detective knew them both. She started telling me about a young man coming into their home and shooting Keith. Her job now, solve this crime. And clue number one was a doozy. She said that after his shot, Keith, he turned to her and said, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry? A killer who apologized? And that was just the start. A gun stashed in a dryer. A man's glove, but whose DNA? A woman with a whole lot to reveal. No, 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 don't don't pick it up. She tossed her top to me. She just whipped it off. I was shocked. I love an Andrea Canning moment. Yeah, I, I really her. do love her. She tells us we're about 20 miles southwest of Oklahoma City. It's a town called Mustang. I wanted that to be where the Mustang was made, but it seems like that's not the case. I guess not. I yeah, guess. it's a Ford Mustang, They wouldn't mention right? it, right? Yeah. So it's Ford. Yeah, it's Ford. Right. It's a Ford Mustang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once farmers and ranchers dotted the land, it's bigger now, but the folks still hold on to their roots. They tell us as we see these, like, women. Enormous crosses. <laughs> Enormous crosses. But we see these, like, ladies on horseback uh-huh. and it looks like they're going to brunch and I was just like are they taking their horses to know. bottomless brunch at the gay bar and then do you like tie them up outside I, that's what you do with a horse right okay great yeah. <laughs> it's a very small town and they love church they, they love really it really like Pam the is here the are enormous I know they're so big Pam from church we'll get to her in a little bit but yeah. she loves it so we're talking about Keith and Becky Bryan they are yeah. pillars of the community Keith is described as a beloved fire chief who spent his career helping those in trouble not unlike our dear friend Bob Correct. Oklahoman to the core. Right. And Becky, his wife, is a respected realtor, or they say it the way Raylan said it in Justified, realtor. (laughs) (laughs) Raylan's in Kentucky, and I guess Kentucky, but realtor. These two got married when they were 19. Yeah. They settled in Mustang. This is where, when they moved to Mustang, I guess at 19 years old, Mm -hmm. they meet Pam, who's an old friend of Keith's. Pam was very excited to bring them into the church. Pam Woodard, an old friend of Keith's, rolled out the welcome mat for the Bryans when they moved to town. They became an integral part of our church. Very active, very grounded. They had two boys, Trent and Kent. They had two kids, Trent, Trent and, and Kent. Why do you do this? Why do people do this? Can I ask you? I was you? like, this is Daisy and this is Maisie. Like. I know. I mean, look, maybe. Both great names. Both great names. It probably, maybe it was just, maybe they didn't even realize that they rhymed until maybe. a couple years like, in. as Please don't be twins, Trent well, and Kent. I, I don't think they're twins, but I, I also think like it's hard enough. Like it's hard enough for me when you and Natalie and Maggie are in the same. I cannot. My brain can't do it when it's Jillian, Natalie, and Maggie in the same place. What's so confusing about it? it just my brain is. I don't know. I can't remember anybody's name. I okay. call you, but imagine that you have two kids and their names rhyme. Trent, yeah. Kent, ben, yeah. get over here. But the thing is. 
no one thinks about the kids because then it's like, oh, I'm Trent and here's my brother, Kent. Like, no one thinks about introducing the kids and how it makes them feel. Yeah. Like, when you name your kid. Did you hear about the lady who got her child taken? This is a true story. There's a parent who had her child removed from her because she named her daughter Tallulah Does the Hula from Hawaii. Oh, fuck off. I I think I've heard this That's a really, it's a true story. But, like, think about Tallulah on the playground. Do you know who told me that story? Who? Joe. Joe. Who? Joe. Who? Joe. No, it's a real story though. I promise you. Look it up. It's in the newspaper. But think about Tallulah on the playground. I know. And at recess, kids are mean. Kids, well, like, think about her. I know. You know who thought about her? The judge. The judge removed her. There's got to be more to this story. Because that I is asshole I behavior. I 100. But there's got to be more to this. No, I truly. I, I hope she's okay. But th- can you think about your kid who has to live with that name for their entire fucking lives? I you agree. Idiots. I'm sorry. But Pam, this was. Where I, I, was I have like, to say, I'm sorry. Trent and Kent is real. Real. We have bigger fish to fry in the You're name right. department and in this story in general. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Girl, Chime is back. Look, this is all about building your credit. Building credit is so important. I had like the lowest credit score of all my friends in my 20s. And fam, it's the holiday season. No matter what you're buying, when you use the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can build your credit scores with on-time payments for everyday purchases. Yeah, there's no annual fee, there's no interest, and there's not a credit check to get started. How easy is this? Also, there's the Chime checking account where you can get paid up to two days early. Yeah, with a qualified direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Who's saying no to that? Not me. not to mention the overdraft situation. Overdraft up to 200 bucks without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. That is a game changer. Speaking of fees, the yeah. fees would kill me. So they don't have monthly fees. So Chime yep. has no monthly fees, no minimum balance or overdraft fees. Also, they give you access to 60,000 plus free ATMs. Like what? Where was this in my 20s? Yeah, that's more than the top three national banks combined. I don't think we really get how many fee-free ATMs that is. I that's know. an insane amount. So Start building your credit. Open a Chime checking account with at least a $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com slash TCO. That's Chime.com slash TCO. Now here's Jillian Pensavalli with today's mandatory disclosures. The Chime Credit Build of Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank, NA member FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Call 1-844-244-6363 for details. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Early access to direct deposit funds depend on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Nice job, girl. Thanks. So moving on, Pam, this was what I I didn't know who the bad guy was going to be in this story, but Pam goes, Becky was a good mom. From what I could tell, she was a good mom. Becky is a good mom, from what I can tell. Bam. Pam. Pam said a whole lot. I gotta also tell you, though, Pam is on the receiving end of a lot of, like, information from Becky throughout this one. <laughs> Pam is like... I know. What is... Pam doesn't want to be Becky's friend. No. And Becky just keeps telling her a whole bunch of stuff. And I, Pam's like, I don't want this information because now I have to go to court. I know. I know like, she doesn't want to know any of it. I know. So we meet Terry and Kim, and they were friends with Becky... Because Keith. we haven't even mentioned yet that Keith was a fireman. Did we mention this? We did because we talked about Bob Ruff. Oh, right. It was a, he was a fireman. It was his dream job. Yeah. And these couples were really, really close. Like, yes. real, like family, super, super close. Keith was actually one of the first responders in the Oklahoma City bombing. Right. And he was, like, passionate about his job. And the friend tells us. Keith was, had a good sense of humor. He was outgoing. And he was really driven to succeed. And he did promoted all the way to fire chief in 1991. He was one of the first responders to the Oklahoma City bombing. He was. I was pretty proud of him as a friend for that. He was a hero. Like, yeah. he was a force in the community. Like, he was he was saving lives. Like, he really loved it. And then they're like, Becky, too, was a force in the community. She's uh, she's in real estate. And I'm like, well, <laughs> unless she's solving the housing crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, saving lives in the Oklahoma City bombing and being a realtor is just two very different Now, things. in fairness, not everybody is called to a job. I completely that, You understand. know what I mean? We can't all be fucking doctors like your dad, Jillian. Yeah, please. And then, <laughs> but then... 
Andrea Canning is like, shut Some up, Some of us Jillian. just want to make podcasts, okay? <laughs> and we're doing our I'm not part. Doing it. I'm People not doing tell it. us that we make them laugh. Please. Well, hopefully. And Andrea is like, shut up, Jillian, because then we learn that Pam says that, like, she, that Becky would take her own money to closing to help people get a house. And I'm so, like, all right, maybe she's doing her part. Okay, I'll shut up now. then, like, what changed? Right. Because it sounds like they were really happy. They had this great life. They both were good people. Becky was bringing her own money to closing. Don't they, do that. Yeah, don't do that. Like, that's a bad precedent. It, it, and also, like, how are you going to get your money back? Like, it's, but I understand what you're saying. But also, she's trying to get people homes. Like, who the fuck am I to judge it? Right. How she's doing but it. But I mean, like, where we end up in this story. It's really bad. Yeah. But, like, they were also, like, everyone loved who they were as individuals, but also as a couple. Like, they were they were counseling other couples in church. And I'm like, so, well, just to be clear, okay. though. Yeah. They're not, like, licensed counselors. They're church right. counselors. Exactly. They're just, they're, like, as a couple, like, talking to another couple and basically just telling because, them Because, like, to, some religions do, like, premarital counseling. Yeah. And, okay, whatever. I actually appreciate the idea that, like, this couple who's nailed it, this couple who's, sure. like, super happy and super in love, they're, like, sitting down with other couples to say, like, younger couples yeah. to say, this is how we did it, and here are some tricks of the trade. But they're not, like, licensed in any way. No. And they, it's like you and I doing after parties. Like, That's they should I mean. say up front, like, we'll tell you what worked for us, but we don't, but, like, also, it could be bad to for To call you. it counseling makes it feel more official than I it is. totally, they should call it, like, like pre- advice corner. Yeah, <laughs> premarital advice. Advice corner. advice corner. Totally. <laughs> or something. Um, Becky's advice corner. But like to the shock of absolutely nobody. When in 2010, Keith and Becky hit a rough patch. The boys were grown and the empty nesters separated. Becky moved out. There was a time where Becky had actually moved out. Yeah, and then they say that Keith works really hard to win Becky back. So, like, dates and gifts and love notes. And Becky's brother is very involved here. His oh name my. is David. David so, really shocks me at something. We'll get to what like, And, like, his... So Becky's brother is super close with Keith and David is like giving Keith advice about how to win her back. Yeah. And then he finally Which, does win her back. I appreciate that this is a very Hallmark movie. But like what it. happened? Uh, right. It's very one-sided. Because we're on a Dateline episode. Do you know what I mean? Because like, yes, yeah, so, but what happened like... What did Keith do that was so wrong that he has to beg for Becky to come well, back? I thought they were working together on this. Here's things. what I will say: We will hear Becky because guess what? This this gets murdery pretty quickly, and oh, we end up no. like in a police interrogation. I will say that we hear Becky say that Keith was kind of an asshole for thirty years, and then when she left and he realized what he was losing, he changed. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then every other person we speak to says he was this amazing guy. Yes. So. Unreliable narrator. Just a, a tiny, oh, tiny bit. Totally. Because <laughs> it is very like, you know, sh- now the brother is like, you have to write her love notes and do this stuff. It feels a little like childish. I don't know. Like, yes. you're going to work on the marriage, then work on the marriage. But yes. don't have one person right. beg you to come back and like, you know what That's I mean? That's what you're saying by one-sided. I totally understand. Like, yeah, right, right, right. Like, like, it was all him to recover. Right. Yeah, so I So I'm get like, it. that's, uh, I don't know. No, I get it. But they say that in the year that followed, Keith kept up his campaign of romance. It's September 20th, 2011. Becky was at a real estate conference in Tulsa. Keith texted her sweet messages throughout the day. Becky arrived home around 8.30 p.m. A friend came over to chat. Keith, now ever attentive, made them iced tea. Becky gets home that night at 8.30 and a friend comes over to chat and Keith, being ever attentive as always, makes him a pitcher of iced tea. Yeah. To which I said, it feels like a little much. Yeah. It feels a little bit like, like oh, a little bit of overkill. And also, can we just have a cocktail? Like... Iced tea at 8.30, you'll be up all night. Yeah. My point here is just like, as sweet as all the love notes and love bombing is, but it feels, feels like a lot. And it feels like, Becky, can you do your part uh-huh. a little? Like, it just feels like she's saying like, now you have to get me back. I'm just getting, uh-huh. I don't know, maybe I'm making assumptions, but that her brother, like, what did Keith do right. to be- grovel and beg for forgiveness? If he did something where he needs to beg for forgiveness, then tell me. Yes. But what is the rough patch? What happened? Like, I just need a little more context and we never get it. And we never get it. But that night after the iced tea and the friend leaves, they say, Becky tells us that they settle in to watch Carrie the movie. That like very classic horror movie yes. that is on my list to watch every Halloween season. Is that right? I don't think it's that weird that they sit and watch Carrie. No, I don't think it's oh, weird. okay, yeah. No. It's a classic film. I'm yeah. using the word film. Sure. Uh, but Spacey, I, space I love it. Yeah. Young John Travolta. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, my. He's an asshole in it. Uh, but, yeah, it's like a great movie. So, But I think they want to be like, oh, a horror movie. Uh, like, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't right. look that much into it. Yeah, a good yeah, movie yeah. is a good movie, you know? But then all of a sudden, we get this 911 call. So, like, at the last we heard, they're sitting and watching Jillian's favorite movie, <laughs> Carrie. It's a, it's a classic. <laughs> You're looking at me like I said it's a bad movie. I, 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 li- I like that you when like it. When was the last time you watched it? Not since I was, like, in high school. Really? Yeah. But I'm not like, we don't sit and watch, although we did recently watch Bros. Not okay. great. Oh. Not great. That is... That's the gay Billy Eichner movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Judd Apatow produced or whatever. Oh, what happened? Nothing. It's just like, to me, the the gays have been making movies like this since the 90s. And oh, okay, now great. It's like a mainstream thing. And it's like, no, we've seen this a thousand times. Oh, okay. You know? Right. But anyway, all of a sudden, there's a 911 call. 911, stage emergency. It was Becky. A young man, about 25. Then the phone cut out. What was she saying? Dispatcher sent police to the house. Headquarters to Becky called back. You know, I just called yes. 911 on my cell phone. Yes. Are you coming to my house? She said an intruder shot Keith in the head. My husband is laying down. So she calls back and she's like, okay, you're coming, right? Yeah. Okay, great, because some guy broke in and shot my husband in the head. Yeah, the 911 calls where you're giving unasked for details always stand out to me. And she says, I took a screenshot of this. She goes, oh my God, he's, he's in a little itty bitty pickup. Right. Right. She's describing the assassin the getaway car. Get, like getting away. A little itty bitty pickup. Right. Now I've thankfully never been in this situation. God knows what I would say. Yes. I'd probably start saying things where I would hang up and be like, why did I use the term itty bitty? bitty. Right. Like who am I? Right. Oh, I'm dealing with a trauma right yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. Who the hell knows? Yeah. So the guy, she says the guy's driving away. He's driving down her street. Oh my God, someone hurry. Yeah. So first responders are there ASAP. And then we get this thing. It's like, well, it's the fire chief. It's like, that shouldn't fucking matter. Right. An, an emergency is an emergency. And everybody. they're just saying that like people kind of like, know everyone knows everyone in this little town. Right. The police arrive, but so does friend Gina Hickman. Yeah. And she's there to say she's also the wife of a firefighter. And Gina tells us that Becky hugs her and immediately says, I'm so sorry. I know he was your friend too. She's already referring to her husband in the past tense. Right. She can't wait. It sounds like she can't wait to be speaking about him that way. It also just feels like, isn't that 101 of killing your husband? Like, wait until he's dead. Like, it just feels like, is she trying to get caught? Oh, yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think when something like this happens, there's also a lot of adrenaline. So I think she's just trying to see, like, what would a grieving wife say? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. How can I be thoughtful to someone else or something? Gina is telling us that Becky's, like, out on the back porch calling all the friends and family, repeating the the intruder, the armed intruder story. Who has time to get on the phone and do a, like, did you hear about Hugo and Kim about your fucking husband? Especially when your husband is fucking dying in an ambulance. Why isn't she? I'm not calling anybody. No, get in your car and go be with your husband. I would be so, like, but then we meet Tammy McNeil, and she's a detective, and she's like, wait, Nothing like this has ever happened to me before because she knew Keith and the family. Becky calls Tammy directly. Yeah. And says, you got to get over here. This guy shot Keith. A young man, approximately 25 years old, coming into their home and uh, shooting Keith in the head. And what did that young man say, according to Becky? She said that after he had shot Keith, he turned to her and said, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am, but he should have hired me. I'm sorry, ma'am, but he should have fucking hired me. And then Becky says that the man had a big nose and was wearing a hoodie. And I just thought that was a curious p- potential dog whistle. I don't know what that I, is. I didn't th- like it. No, I totally agree. I felt a little racism coming from Becky there. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. But like the, the thing that stands out to Tammy is like, wait, the guy shot your husband and then apologized to you? And then told you the motive. Right. Looked right in your face and you can't, and then ran away. Because number one, Tammy, the detective was like, well, now I'm afraid there's an armed shooter on the loose in our little town. Right. But also, what does Keith do that he's hiring people? Right. You know and, what I mean? And also, like, not really because this was very specific. This was a very targeted attack to Keith. Right. So by saying that, it's kind of like, no, there isn't someone on the loose. This person wanted right. to kill Keith. Yep, yep, yep. Travel. Girl, Sibley Save is back. Put a finger down if you were broken into twice while you were home and asleep. <laughs> There's never a wrong time to protect your home, fam, but this fall happens to be an especially good time because you can get up to 50% off a brand new Simply Save home security system. It was named Best Home Security of 2023 by US News and World Report and True Crime Obsessed Podcast. That's right. But here's the thing: Simply Safe is for everything. So it has this comprehensive protection for the entire for your entire house. So it has yeah. advanced sensors that detect break-ins and also fires, floods, and more. It's powered by 24-7 professional 
professional monitoring for less than a buck a day, half the cost of a traditional home security. I'm telling you, girl, we set this up ourselves. Like, it's that easy to do. Any idiot like me can do it. Yeah, and they have these HD cameras, too, that go inside and outside your house. They've also got 24-7 live guard protection and the smart alarm wireless indoor camera. Monitoring agents can see and speak to the intruders. Excuse me, sir. That is not your house. You put that down. That's an heirloom. They help stop crime in real time. It's a powerful technology exclusively from Simply Safe. Yeah, they also have a money back guarantee, so you can try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. And if you don't love it, just return your system for a full refund. So, fam, for a limited time, listeners of TCO can get a special 50% off any Simply Safe system with a fast protect plan. Visit slash TCO. That's slash TCO. Yeah, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Especially when you've been broken into twice when you've been home and asleep. Well, exactly, but not anymore. <laughs> So the cops want to get the guy, obviously. Like, this doesn't happen in their small town, and they just need to get to the bottom of it. And they're saying, so wait a second, it's possible that Keith knew the guy. Of course, they can't ask Keith because he's been shot in the head and he's now unconscious. But good news, at the hospital, they say Keith is not dead. Hopeful news. He was clinging to life. I told her, I said, he's going to surgery. And she said, really? Keith made it through surgery, still in terrible shape, but alive in the ICU. When Becky arrived, the halls of the hospital were filled with friends, loved ones, and Keith's firefighter brothers. Becky finally gets to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, if this were Steve, are you kidding, are you kidding me? me? You'd be like, oh, my God. And they say, like, the hallways were lined with friends and family and, quote, Keith's firefighter brothers. And they're just like, right away, if it just it feels off. It's like, Becky's coming in. She's not behaving the way people are expecting her to behave. Yeah. Pam, church Pam wants to yeah. pray. She knows prayer is very powerful. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, the whole town's there. Like, everyone is rooting for Keith. And unfortunately, everything changes. Yeah. And Keith does not pull through. And everyone is, like, super emotional in the hospital. Everyone is saying their goodbyes. And then that also really rallies the cops to, like, get to the bottom of this, right? Yeah. So Becky is questioned because guess what? She's the only witness. And and everyone is saying like Keith didn't have an enemy in the world. So who would have done this? Like right. who would have come in and made it clear to the wife that he was killing the husband on purpose? Right. So here's Becky's story. They were at home. They were watching Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> a young Jillian's favorite movie. Hopefully some popcorn is involved. <laughs> God damn it. When you're having like a tense like a thriller horror movie, why are you doing that? Because I learned the other day that I could make the popcorn sound. It's the only noise that I can make that makes really? it. Really? That's fast popping popcorn. <laughs> That'll be done in 30 seconds. You got to keep an eye on it. It's going to burn. You know who makes the best popcorn in the world? Who? Mike. Oh, I, that doesn't surprise me. He, but he just, he's like, and when he, I say that, he goes, it's all in the timing. He really listens in between pops. He just know, like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just has the it ear can burn for really it. Fast. it. He can just burn. has the ear for it. And it's. Chef's kiss. Anyway. Sounds exactly like that. So they're watching Carrie, and yep. then a young kid, she says, walks into the house. Yeah. He walks over, and Becky says, My husband didn't have time to turn around. I looked just in time to see that Keith, her husband, was shot right in the head. They say, blank. like, at point blank range. Then the murderer turns to Becky, according to Becky. She says he was really nice, really polite. She really wants to, everyone to know he was polite. Turns to Becky and says, I'm sorry, ma'am, but he should have fucking hired me. And that, and Becky says, I knew he wasn't going to hurt me, that he was clearly there for my husband. Right. Now, we learn. Well, for one thing, it had been four years since we had hired anybody. So nobody's going to sit and stew for four years and then all of a sudden get mad and go shoot the guy that didn't hire him. Would someone stew on this for four years? Right. Like they didn't get the gig four years ago and now they've just been mad about it all this time? And that friend that we met early on was like, yeah, no, that never was sat right with me because right. we haven't we haven't even interviewed anybody in four years. Or maybe it was like there, there was talk, maybe it was like a contractor, like a handyman or something. Because he was known to do work around the house, so maybe it was like a kid that was looking for some, you know, like a contracting job that... that Keith didn't hire, but no, no one can make the, he should have hired me thing make sense. Right. And then there's this other theory. Cause like they're talking to the neighbors and no one, no one has any information. And there was like this theory that maybe the target was another fire chief named 
Keith Bryant with a T because this is Keith Bryant. Right. So Keith Bryant apparently is the fire chief in Oklahoma City. And somebody makes the point that like, well, we haven't hired anybody in four years. I bet Oklahoma City is hiring and firing people all the time. Yeah. But then Terry, the friend, is like, but I don't think the fire chief is has anything to do with the hiring no. process. No, this doesn't make any sense. No. And this is when Andrea Cannon goes, the questions were many. The answers, few. I'm like, Andrea, <laughs> we, I'm right I'm right there with you, girl. We're on the like same page. We get that from Canning in every episode she hosts. Because she's like, what? what is going on? I got to tell you. And this episode is wild. Canning, Joshy Manx, and Keith, they've got very distinct personalities really and points do. of view. You they know what I mean? They really, really do. I want to go to like the Dateline holiday party and just Can get drunk with the three of them. Stand it. Even Lester Holt will probably don't, party. Don't. <laughs> he's got the easiest gig I, of them all. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's like a red wine guy. I feel like Keith is like a cocktail guy. He likes a Mai Tai, Keith. Oh. Andrew Canning's martini with blue cheese stuffed olives. Ooh. And Manx is definitely like a bourbon Manhattan yeah, yeah, or yeah. like a beer. Wow. You know? Let's go to that. What? When is it? I don't know, but I'm we gonna, should find we out. We should totally find out. So then we learned. I heard her just say that something about it would be hard to sell the house because he had died in the house. Did that sound really callous to you? Being a realtor, I could see her thinking about that. She's saying this to friend Gina, who, like, we are expecting Gina to be scandalized. And Gina goes, you know, as a fellow realtor, I, I appreciate yeah. what she's talking about. Like, but it's, like, a little major soon. Major red flag. And major. also, like, he didn't die. Like, he died at the hospital. Right. We didn't, yeah. But she's saying that she's at moving? the house. She's saying it before she goes. Th- she thinks yeah. he's dead. Yeah. She thinks he's dead. She's hoping he's I dead. know. She wants him to be dead. The it's, whole plan was that like, he was supposed to be dead. Why is she, to, like... If you're going to do this thing and you're going to kill your husband, why aren't you playing the grieving widow? You got 10 hours in you to play the grieving widow. And we're saying this, spoiler everyone, we're saying this knowing that she did it. Yes. So, like, Becky, and also, and again, we try not to judge anyone's responses, but she didn't need any consoling. She was sitting outside with her friends, smoking some cigarettes. And they were saying that, like, he's, like, when, when she does get to the hospital and it's clear that he's not going to live, she's not spending her last, his last moments. They've been together for 33 years. Yeah. She's sitting outside on a bench. And again, like, maybe you just can't be in the room. I don't know. If Steve was dying, maybe I don't, maybe I couldn't be in the room. I don't. I don't know. know. But like it it all put it all together. She's talking about like apologizing that he's dead before he's dead, mm-hmm. thinking about selling the house, right. not being in the room thinking holding about his hand. Selling the house. <laughs> no, I know. The night of this show, like, oh my God. The, he's not even dead yet. Like, oh geez. And now Detective McNeil, Tammy, her her friend that she called, but like yeah. Tammy's now working the case. Yeah. Detective McNeil is like, I gotta tell you. It was the whole conversation we had with her down at the station was like bizarre and inappropriate and and pretty wild. Uh, Andrea. Let's get into and it. Andrea's like, hold tight. She's like, <laughs> gird, gird your loins, everyone. Like, shit, here we go. This really is wild. Yeah. Before we get to that, the cops were smart in that, like, at the house before she goes to the hospital, they did test her hands for gunshot residue. I feel like somebody was like, this story isn't quite adding up. No. And let's... she's having a grand old time on the porch with her friends. I, I mean, she's calling all, she's trying to fucking. And she's staging the she's living like, room. She's like, you guys, guess what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How many square feet was it again? I'm yeah. putting it in the listing. I'm a realtor. <laughs> it's a realtor, right? Anyway. So the cops, so they, they test her, her hands for gunshot residue. Then they sit her down for the interview. And they ask her what she was wearing at the time of the shooting. She goes, well, I was just like, it was movie night, so I was wearing a tube top and underwear at the time. Which sounds freezing cold to me. Right. So she is currently wearing clothes on top of those clothes. She put the like clothes over the underwear and the tube top. And this is where everything takes a turn. This is just absolutely unbelievable. Becky is just like, wait, 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 no, 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 don't take it off. Don't take your clothes off now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my shirt on. Okay. I should have clarified. Just wait till we finish. She grabbed the bottom of the top she was wearing, pulled it over her head, exposing her breasts. And then she tossed her top to me. Was she wearing a bra? No. They say, I took a screenshot. They're like, because there's an investigator who's a man and Detective McNeil, who's a woman and her friend. Yes, yes. And she's just like, no, yeah. don't you want to see? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Up. And I'm... Becky takes her top off and throws it across the table at the cop. They are stunned. They are flabbergasted. I'm stunned. They are befuddled. Like, I don't understand. It felt almost sexual. It felt like she was right. trying to show her boobs on purpose. Right. She just takes, she just starts taking her clothes off. Of course, we don't have video of this. <laughs> no, can you imagine? Thank God we don't have video of this. Just blur it out. 
Who cares? I, that's true. I mean, she literally, it's as though she was like, I thought you'd never ask and takes her and top off. And taking her top off. Like, what on earth? She took her top off. And it cuts back to Tammy now and she's like, I don't know what. What was, happened? What, I don't what, know. Because, I don't know. I'm sorry. You got to give it to me one more time. When she goes to do no, it. No, 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 I will show you. I took the screenshot. It says, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. That's all it says. As soon as I got to that moment. Detective McNeil, wait, 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 wait. And investigator, no, 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 no. And they're saying it at the same time. No, 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 no. They're like, I, this is, this is uh, what do they call This is like, it has internal affairs right now. We're going to get in so much trouble. Was, I could only hear you doing the reenactment. Like, Whoa, but that's no, no, no. exactly, yeah. exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> so clearly the interview's over. They're yeah. like, put your freaking top back on. Oh my God. And enough. Tammy says, she goes, I walked into that interview giving Becky the benefit of the doubt. I walked out of there thinking she was about to be the prime suspect. Because we're like, what the hell's what going on with going Becky on? now? Yeah. You're yeah. taking your top off? I, you're taking your top off. At, during an investigation, your husband's dying. I know. I know. Girl, stamps.com is back and not a moment too soon. Tis the holiday season. Why would you ever want to go to the post office this time of year if you didn't have to? Yeah. And with stamps.com, you can do everything you can do at the post office. You can do from the comfort of your own home with a glass of eggnog. Yeah, it's your own personal post office. It doesn't matter where you are. And this is a very busy time personally, but yeah. also in business. People, I know. Everyone is buying stuff for other people. So businesses are, are mailing things out the wazoo. We're sending out the calendars. That's what we do every December. Without stamps.com, we'd be lost. Fam, with stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. Let me tell you, that digital scale has changed my life. I, I know. used to be that person where it would be returned to sender two months later because the oh, postage yeah. was wrong. Not anymore. I was overpaying for postage for forever. Also, fam, if you're running low on supplies, you can order shipping and mailing supplies, labels, and even printers from the supply store. Like, they make it so easy. Yeah, and you can also get huge carrier discounts. So, like, up to 84% off UPS and and USPS rates to help your bottom line. Not to mention, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. What? Yeah, just tell me what to do because I don't know. So Stamps.com is just like, no, this is what you want. This is, this is you need it to be here by this time. Great, this is what you should pick. Okay, great. I know that you're listening thinking you've been in line at the post office at least once in the last year thinking, I wish I had just listened to Patrick and Julian and gotten Stamps.com. Guess what? You Today's the right day. Now. This is the first day of the rest of your life. So fam, give your business the gift of Stamps.com so your mailing and shipping is covered this holiday season. Sign up with promo code TCO for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code TCO. There you go. Happy holidays, everyone. TCO, my goodness. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, gosh. (laughs) TCO, boy. So meanwhile, <laughs> Becky's doing a strip tease in the interrogation room. The cops are back at the house. Detective McNeil and the other investigator went back to the house. And that's where he made a key discovery in the utility room, in the clothes dryer, a gun. The gun was wrapped in a blanket. A shell casing was in there as well and also a glove. They find a gun in the clothes dryer wrapped in a blanket where there's also a shell casing and a glove. It's hidden. Did she not think they were going to search no. the house? I don't know what she was thinking. My I, I, God. I don't know. I don't know. The very first episode of Dateline she watched is the one that she's on. I mean, my, seriously. You know what I mean? Seriously. And this is where Detective McNeil's like, that was a big moment for all of us. Well, she did not sign up for this. It was a big moment because Becky's already told her story. Becky can now not backtrack and say, right. oh, and then the killer walked into the laundry room and wrapped the gun in a towel and threw it in the dryer because Becky told us the killer walked in, shot the husband, apologized, and walked out the door that he came in. Right. So, like, she's already locked into the story. How'd the gun get into the dryer, Becky? This is why we say stay stupid, everybody. Exactly. So, clearly she's lying and they keep investigating. Now, the cops are looking at her phone. Oh, my God. And they see a missed call and the contact's name is Becky's prodigy. prodigy. And I just said, oh, oh God. No. So according to Becky, yeah. this is a real person yes. named Becky Prodigy. She lives in Hugo, <laughs> Oklahoma. And how dare you even ask me about it? She's a fellow realtor. A what? We work together, thank you so much, as Raylan Givens would say, realtor. <laughs> and um, 
So how dare you ask? But the way it's written, it's Becky apostrophe S prodigy. It's like, the, it's so, trying to be like some sexy pet name, right? Like, oh my God. Because she's like, oh my God, she, I just work with her. And cut to Andrea Canning, who's like, well, actually, <laughs> Becky's prodigy was a man named Mark, Mark Holbrook. Holbrook. <gasps> now, the thing about Mark Holbrook is that he's just me. He's just a nerd trying to do the right thing. He, the reason we know about Mark is because Mark himself called calls the, the cops. We learned that when Mark learned about the shooting, he called the investigators. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. What? Oh, that's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. No, 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 fuck. Okay. Because what yeah, he's yeah. doing, I'm sorry, I really had no, you there. I, I apologize. I was like, what am I about to give away that you don't want me to tell? Or there's like a bug I or know. something. Yeah. The look on your face. I'm sorry. After Keith's murder, he calls the cops right away because yeah. he's like, wait a second. Yeah. I want to be honest with you. You're going to learn about me some one way or the other. I just want to say he wanted them to know he and Becky had had an affair. When it ended, 19 months before the shooting, he apologized to Keith and promised never to see Becky again. But he wanted cops to know she had been in touch with him recently and a lot. We came clean. I apologized to Keith. Now I'm thinking, wait a second. Yep. This rough patch where Keith was groveling to Becky. Yeah. It was because she cheated on him. Yeah. Manipulated the whole thing to say, like, now you have to try to get me back. Because this guy, Mark, apologized to Keith. He's like, I'll never see I Becky again. never to see her again. And Mark says, I was so scared. I was so guilty. I called it all off. But recently. Yes. As in right before the murder, Becky starts texting and calling a lot. I still love you. Let's start up this affair again. I'll Take my top off. She starts saying, I'm going to move closer to be with him whether he wants me to or not. Right. Like, what? And meanwhile, the guy apologized to Keith and she's making Keith bend over backwards to get Becky back. The, exactly. How do people do this? The I know. The power she has. I know. I could never. I, I don't want to. I but I don't have I that in me to make Same. Can you imagine I cheat on someone? Then the person I cheat with apologizes to that person because they feel bad. And, and then I'm in the wrong and I'm like, grovel. I know. Fucking work I know. for it. And Can it sounds you? like Keith and Mark what? are best buds, it feels like, too. Because like, they've both been manipulated by the same fucking narcissist. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're just in it together. But this is when the cops are like, all right, Mark, thanks for the call. Are you interested in doing some undercover work? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> Thought you'd never ask. Let's go. So now Mark and the cops are in cahoots. Because no, imagine what a nightmare person Becky must be oh, in real she's life. she's horrified. And like, she's going to move next door to him, whether he wants her to or not. He, he is begging for her to get sent away. He can't wait. I will do anything you ask. He cannot wait. So the plan, as Andrea Canning tells us, is to record Becky and her so-called prodigy. Also, yes. Becky, while we're here, stay stupid, everyone. But just use an actual name. I know. And then pretend it's someone from work. Exactly. Becky's prodigy is like trying to be sexy and that he's, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. It I, makes me uncomfortable. It's, it's, a, it's something that's going to stand out to the cops right. after you shoot your husband. Shut up, you stupid fucking murderer. <laughs> you stupid fucking murderer. God. But now we have audio because yes. Mark is in on it, right? And we have audio from three days after Keith was shot and killed. Because Mark, the ex, is recording it. It's amazing. Yeah. And basically, you hear Becky. She sounds nervous as hell. She's thinking... Thanking him for calling. She wants to keep the affair under wraps. And while she stuck to her story about the intruder who shot Keith, she said she had news about him. And the guy that shot Keith, he killed himself yesterday in the city. So I'm no longer in danger. Oh, that's good. That's good news. He killed himself yesterday near the city, so I'm no longer in danger. What are you saying? It cuts to Tammy, and Tammy is like, to be clear. This is news to us. News, and we never gave her that information. We don't know anything about that. Right. And Becky is like a walking red flag, but the yeah. cops are having trouble finding real evidence. And I'm like, well, what about the gun in the dryer? I mean, and the fact that she's lying. You actually and cheating nailed on her the finding the evidence. You had no trouble whatsoever. Right. But just to close the loop on this, the cops are like, yeah, this whole thing with Mark, the ex, is interesting, but it kind of goes nowhere. Well, that doesn't matter because they tested the gun and they found out that it fucking belongs to Becky, you stupid <laughs> idiot. Stay stupid. Yeah. So yeah. what was the point, Becky? I mean, like what? Why? Why not just why? leave your husband? We're going to learn. We're going to hear something about some kind of insurance policy at some point or whatever. And also, who's the friend that came home from this thing with her? This convention she was at. There was a friend there earlier that who night. Who was there yeah. earlier? Who yeah. was t like, the iced tea, the iced tea and whatever. Like, where was where it's, they? it's true. Like, you have to be you have to have such you have to be such a narcissist to think that you're going to get away with this. To right. think that you're going to kill your husband and you're going to be the one to get away with it. But the thing is, people like this, she's been getting away with everything uh -huh. her whole life. She got away with cheating. Uh -huh. She got him to grovel. Like, this is what happens. Well, there's a there's more to the story. There's more. So on September 23rd, the day before Keith's fucking funeral, Becky is arrested and charged with his murder. Now, right. all I can think about is the kids. Of like, course. When somebody does something like this and it just kills me, you, like, you take away both parents at the same time. Right. 
because even though they're out of the house yeah. and they're adults now, still. I mean, but like in a way, I don't know. I don't want to say that's worse, but like they're gonna have their own kids who are never gonna get, get to know their grandparents. Right. Like, yeah. oh, it's fucking. It's a like, tragic, it's selfish so thing to do. Awful. And we meet Becky's attorney, and he's here to basically say, <laughs> "Wait a second, what? He's a friend of a friend, a friend of which I'm sure I guess is fine. I just hate Becky so no, much, but that made me go like, oh, of course he is. I don't know why, but she's a murderer, so I hate her. Yeah, His a friend of Gary. a friend, Gary. Her attorney said there was a rush to judgment against Becky. And as a result, the state just didn't have the proof to back up the charge. I do believe that law enforcement agencies in this day and age have the ability to do a lot of things that were not done in this case. I don't believe they ever looked for anyone which was a huge part of our defense. Basically, their entire defense is just that the cops didn't look at anybody else. I'm sorry, but when they <laughs> found the fucking murder weapon in the dryer with the shell casing and a bloody glove... And it belongs to Becky. Of course they didn't look at anybody else, you fucking idiot. These people are so stupid. They're so stupid. And Gary James, the lawyer with two first names, yeah. is just like... <laughs> Gary James? The lawyer, lawyer with, with two, two first, first names. names. Call me. Pew, pew, pew. He's like, look, just a lot of bad circumstances. Yeah, 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 I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So 2013, the trial begins, and Becky... The secrets just keep coming out. I mean, it's so crazy because, you know, the prosecution has a simple narrative. They say Becky Bryan wanted out of her marriage. She shot her husband and invented the tale of the intruder. And they're saying these secrets that are coming out, they bring, they, like, can you imagine you're one of these men? They subpoena two men who were receiving explicit, like, sexts. And from photos. Becky. Photos, exactly, from the days before the shooting. Two days before the shooting she's doing this. Another man who was a client who testifies he had sex with Becky the day of the murder. So she's in Tulsa for a convention has sex with some guy uh, air quotes convention Conve right I don't know if I believe that comes home with some friend and has iced tea at the counter then settles in for a nice night of carry watching and then shoots her husband yeah my god I know but then all of Becky's friends testify that she was cheating on Keith church friend Pam is saying at the hospital mm -hmm. while her husband was dying having just coming out of surgery she just openly told me she said I had sex with a 29-year-old client this morning, and I have a picture of his private area on my phone. That's not the word she used. And she said, and I feel kind of bad because when I got home, Keith had made me a tea. I've got pictures of his junk on my phone. I can show it to you if you'd like. And I had sex with my 29-year-old client, and yeah. then I came home, and Keith was making me tea. Isn't that nice? Like, she's making fun of it. She's laughing at him. It doesn't make any sense to me. This is where I'm like, does she want to get caught? Because her husband is dying. He's been yes. shot in the head, and she's bragging about the sex she had earlier in the day with somebody else. Like, she just thinks they're going to go find this, like, no-name intruder. Right. And so, like, and all of Becky's friends are on the stand being like, oh, she was cheating on Keith for years, and then she'd come home to these presents from I him. Know. Because she made it seem like he had to work so hard to keep her. Meanwhile, she's lying about conventions, probably. She's cheating well, when he she, thinks she's at work. She brags about what a good liar she is. They make Pam testify she doesn't want Pam. to. Pam gets subpoenaed. Because she testifies that Becky would always say that she was a great faker. Right. Because she was telling Pam about the affair with Mark. And Pam was like, Becky, remember, Keith, the husband, is Pam's friend. Right. That's how they know Pam. Right. And Pam is saying, like, you and Keith seem so happy. And Keith is working really, really hard to, like, win your affection yeah. and you're just cheating on him. And Pam testifies that Becky didn't give a shit about Keith. No. And she didn't want to make it work with Keith. She just loves the attention and affection. But just get divorced. I, I don't understand. Even if But you... it's more fun for her to do I know, this. I know, but this winds up with you killing the father of your children. I know. I just, I will, I mean, I know, I know that I'm chasing my own tail trying to understand this. It'll never, we'll never make sense. It. Yeah. But, like, you killed the father of your kids. I know. She's a monster. Yes. And Pam is testifying, and she says again, like, right to Andrea Canning, like, Becky was obsessed with Mark, the ex. This story is insane. Yeah. She proceeded to tell me that she was going to tell the ex-lover that she was pregnant. So she's saying she's pregnant with his baby. Yes. As I said, Becky, you're 50-plus years old. And she said, 50-year-old people get pregnant all the time. And I said, who? Where? How does this happen? I've never heard of that. Uh, her reasoning had just kind of gone out the window at that point. Pam is like, Becky, you're 50. <laughs> 
And so she was going to fake this pregnancy. I know. And she was looking for someone to provide, to, I don't know even what this means, yeah. to provide her with a positive pregnancy test. Like yes. she was going to just go find someone who happened to be pregnant. And like make them pee on a stick. She was going to do a birth announcement. Well, this is where Pam goes, she wanted to have a birth announcement printed out. Andrea goes, a birth announcement? Pam goes, a birth announcement. <laughs> And Mark, the guy she's doing all this for, is yeah. testifying against her. I know. Her. He wants Wake nothing. Up. I know. I know. It's like the night, his nightmare is her being like, I'm going to move next door to you whether you want me to I, or not. And also, like, what's the end game with the fake pregnancy? I know. Uh, How I know. does that story end? I know. With the birth announcement. Okay, so you get attention and you get a bunch of gifts that you can't use you because know, the baby doesn't exist. And I don't want to speak out of turn here, but we've seen this before in other cases. But what, what ends up happening is then they fake a miscarriage God. and they get the sympathy there. Fucking asshole. I know. So now they're there's a voicemail from Becky yeah. to the ex-boyfriend. And remember, Mark, the, he's terrified. He's working with the cops. So he's recording every conversation to, like, get Becky. Oh, my God. The Amber Fry of it all. Like, <laughs> so she calls him and she's like, hey, babe, guess what? And he has to act like he's into her. I know, Meanwhile, I know. he's terrified and can't wait to get away from her. She's like, hey, honey, poodle bear. Poodle bear. Uh, snuggle, hey, snuggle nacho. He said that on the day Keith was shot, Becky left him a voicemail saying she planned to buy a house near him because she was about to inherit some money. To many in court, the implication was that Becky had been expecting a life insurance payout. What she's doing is she's waiting for the life insurance payout. Exactly. That's what she's banking on. And then, like, we're still at the trial. We see that both of her sons have to testify. I know. And Andrea tells us that, like, neither one of them said whether or not they thought their mother was guilty or not. But, like, to put your kid... You have to be the most selfish oh, yeah. monster. She is. Not have a drop of lo- actual human compassion or love in your soul. She's not thinking about anybody no. but herself. She's not, even, she's not even thinking about any repercussions for anybody. Yeah. But then, like... There's evidence all over the place. They have these experts testify to say that the gunshot residue found on Becky's hands matches the gun found in the dryer. Also, there was gunshot residue on her hands. Exactly. Like, oh my God. I know. And, and also that glove that was also found in the dryer, it was like a man's oversized glove. It had blood on it. It's fucking her it's DNA. Her, like, come on, Becky. And then we get like her attorney to sit down and be like, well, there wasn't enough Shut DNA. Up. And I, Shut up. <laughs> like, and I know that that's your job. I know. But come on. But then, remember her brother okay, who was like really involved? This, I had to get up and take a walk after this. Her brother, I have in my notes, like, now we get her brother defending her. Kind of? (laughs) Kind of. This is a quote. The state argued it was premeditated murder by a woman who'd been living a double life. But Becky's brother and chief supporter wasn't buying it. Did you feel like the evidence was overwhelming against Becky? If you wanted to convict her of being a slut, greedy slut, yeah. Not a murderer. You want to say she's a slut? A greedy <laughs> slut? Fine. But she's not a murderer. Andrew Canning is like, excuse me. You want to say she's a slut? A greedy, a that, greedy, a greedy slut. slut? That's fine. But my sister's no murderer. <laughs> David. They, David. We've lost the I know, plot, we, David. They do... Beeped, and I appreciate this. They beep the S word. Not, not uh, uh, where I watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. They or maybe beep- I in my. And now I don't know. <laughs> I know. This is why eyewitness accounts are so iffy. I know. I know now I, know. I can't remember. I know. I know. If they bleeped it. She is she a slut? Yes. Is she a, a greedy slut? Absolutely. absolutely. Murderer, not no in your life. Not how and how dare you? How very dare you? <laughs> DNA shmeana. I don't believe it for a second. She's innocent. <laughs> David. Yes. Thousand percent. Is she a a greedy slut? Absolutely. She absolutely is. And I'll be the first one to tell you. Her brother. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can the name of my second book be just Greedy Slut? Greedy Slut. Oh, my God. I'm naming my second book Greedy Slut. Greedy Slut question mark? Absolutely. They try to give us what they can of the of the she's guilty argument. Right, right, right. And the brother is saying, no, no, there really was an inheritance coming because she was getting a, a two-carat diamond ring from her aunt that would be worth $20,000 or whatever. Oh, you're an aunt person? 
Oh no, aunt. Oh my, I am not. I'm totally an aunt person. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I just. It's they, okay if you are. They say aunt, which is why I was like, mem- I was remembering. It's it in okay my head. if you are. I, I just, know. I couldn't remember if I'd ever heard you say that before. I'm an aunt. Then we get this well. other whole thing where like Becky always kept her gun in the in her purse, and so her attorney is like, probably what happened is the intruder came in through the garage and was rifling through her purse and okay. found the gun and then decided to go in there and kill the husband. It, uh, what? I'm yawning. I'm bored I by you, lawyer. I know. You're full I know. Of shit. I know. You're full just, of shit. just so I understand, this guy came there to kill the husband, but didn't bring a murder weapon. Right. Was counting on finding a murder weapon yeah. in a handbag just in a car. Just like in the, in, a garage. Ro- in the Robert Wone case. Yes. They, didn't, they just took all the knives that they yep. found in the house. Okay, perfect. Yep. That yeah, makes yeah, total that's sense exactly what happened. What's more, that glove with Becky's DNA on it also had someone else's DNA, but the CSIs couldn't narrow it down, not to Keith or anyone else. They can't even determine that it wasn't Keith's. It's just undetermined yeah. DNA. Yeah, okay. Right. There's gun residue on her hands. I mean... Like, are you kidding? And the, there's a gun in her fucking dryer. Please. You know what I mean? Please. <laughs> so... Is she a slut? Yes. Uh, greedy she... slut? Even better. <laughs> she couldn't be a She slutier. couldn't be a greedier she, slut. She... <laughs> she couldn't be... And look! I love sluts. I'm just saying, I'm... <laughs> I don't believe in slut shaming. She couldn't be a greedier. She, she couldn't but, be as greedy. But if we're slut. talking about Becky, according to her brother, could not. There is no greedier slut than Becky. Says her own fucking brother. Pam is scandalized by this whole thing. If Pam watched this, she was probably like, <gasps> "There's not a greedier slut on earth than my sister." Hey, that's that's my sister you're talking about. She's the greediest slut there is. How dare you? Oh my god. David. Oh my god. David. And then he's oh. like, you know what? Actually, Andrea, I don't even know what happened. I don't I even know, know the truth. I know. My slutty, greedy sister. I don't even know what she did. She definitely didn't murder him. No. But I, he doesn't even no. know the, how this story, he doesn't even know what oh. happened. That greedy slut, she's never murdered anybody. Oh, God. Come on. Not once. <laughs> Unless oh, maybe she did, he says. He doesn't even know. know. So it's 2013. The verdict, guilty of first-degree murder. On July 9th, 2013, Becky was sentenced as the jury had recommended to life in prison without parole. Becky gets life in prison without parole. Ugh. And then we hear from like a thousand people that Keith would want us to forgive Becky. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he would and I'm not gonna. Yeah. How I about mean, that? Yeah, that, I, mine just kind of answered that she was found guilty of first degree murder. Yeah, no, I'm not forgiving her and I no. don't think Keith would either. Fuck no, her. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> oh my God, girl. We did, what was it What, what was it called? Mystery and Mustang. I mean. Not really a mystery. It's really I know exactly what happened. Not, Fuck I you, Becky. Like, Bye. <laughs> hate you. Hating you. She's giving sluts a bad name. She really greedy How dare sluts. You? Greedy sluts at that. Like, come on. Is she a slut? Yeah. Is yeah. she a greedy and sluts slut? are great. I but know. like, stop, Becky. Oh my stars. Suck. Join us on the Patreon. There's even more of this nonsense over there. Sure. I mean, in that Aaron Hernandez series where we did the, the alligator oh, right. crocodile moment. Like oh, is that, that where that's from? Yes, legend. It's legendary. legendary. Yeah, you got me. Big uh, time. What are we doing next? What's our next dateline? The next episode is Tangled, season 24, Ooh. episode 38. And the, the description is after a sudden marriage creates tension between two families. A murder exposes secrets, lies, and a long buried history. More family drama coming uh, your way, everybody. Date, I love Dateline so much. I, know, I just it's really love good. it. Alright, fam. Stay tuned for the trailer for that. Yes. And we love you. We and love we'll you. see you next time. Okay, bye, everybody. All right, bye. bye. It started as a teen romance. Two of my girlfriends were like, there's this guy and you need to meet him. I was in love. Yes. It ended in one of the strangest love stories you'll ever hear. It felt like I got hit by a bus. Right before their wedding, her mother and his father got married. They told us, we ran off, we eloped. Who does that? Two families in a small town left stunned, but it was nothing compared to what happened next. He looks like he's been shot. He said something broke him last night. A deadly attack in the dark of night, her mother murdered. I realized that last conversation I had with her is, that was it. His father, bruised and bewildered. I don't remember anything else other than waking up in the morning. Was it a robbery? Or was it something much darker? You were 11 years old when your mother disappeared. A missing woman, a murdered woman, 
and a lie. I didn't get through more than page and a half and I threw it. I could barely stomach to finish it. I'm Lester Holt and this is Dateline. Can we try for harmony? Yeah. Queen of the county, queen, queen of, of the county. county. <laughs> Did that work? Is that good? Oh my God, we're officially a band. Oh my God, I love it. Finally. 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 There is no greedier slut than Becky. Says her own (laughs) fucking brother. Pam is scandalized by this whole thing. If Pam watched this, she was probably like, (gasps) there's not a greedier slut on earth than my sister. (laughs) Like, what are you saying? David, there's like other ways to say that. Hey, that's that's my sister you're talking about. She's the greediest slut there is. How dare you? Oh my god. David. Oh my god. David. 